caught your lecture this morning, Colton, Hiram Devonshire said from beneath his drooping mustache. Caught it, but didn't agree with it, Spence thought. I'm honored you took the time to listen. Honored? Ha! Dr. Devonshire chuckled. Don't pull that humble routine with me, my boy. You're one fine physician, and you know it. Spencer Colton didn't know any such thing. Not anymore. He'd thought for a few years that he was good. Maybe he really had been. But in the end, it didn't make a damn bit of difference. Any fool could sit beside a bed and watch someone die. It didn't take a doctor for that. Yet, as a doctor, one with extensive training in diseases and surgery, he was, more often than not, reduced to doing just that. God almighty, he was supposed to be able to help people. Real funny, old man. You can't even help yourself anymore. You really believe what you said about a patient's state of mind? Devonshire asked, with deliberate casualness. Well, Spence thought, maybe his words had gotten through to a few anyway. I've seen it too many times not to believe it. You have to, if you think about it. Hiram Devonshire shook his head. I've never worked with people like the Apaches you talked about. People with no hope, no spirit left. Spence leaned over and stubbed out his cigar in the crystal ashtray on the table beside the sofa. Smelly habit cigars. In fact, the smell of them was the reason he'd lit his first one, that time back in medical school. Most students took up smoking in self-defense. It was the only way to survive the odors of the dissecting room. Sure you've seen people like that, he offered to Devonshire. Three more colleagues joined them in the corner alcove of the elegant hotel drawing room. Dozens of physicians from across the country had gathered in Philadelphia for the medical convention, and Spence knew many of them, if not by name, then by reputation. People like what? a surgeon from Kansas asked. People with no will to live, Devonshire explained. Colton seems to believe I've seen them. You have. We all have, Spence offered. How about when an old woman dies of illness or accident? Her husband, while old, is in excellent health, yet for no apparent reason, he follows her to the grave in less than a year. Devonshire frowned. Hmm, I see what you mean. When a patient loses hope, Spence added, he loses strength, he gets weaker. And when a doctor loses hope, he thought, it was time to quit before his patients paid the price of his hopelessness. Today's lecture had been Spence's last official act as a doctor. Tomorrow, he was going home to the Triple C. A uniformed bell captain tapped Spence on the shoulder. Excuse me, Dr. Colton, but this telegram just came for you. It's marked urgent. Spence tensed. Urgent telegrams seldom, if ever, brought good news. He took the telegram from the man and dug through his pocket for change. Thank you, Joe. He passed the tip to the man and rose from the sofa. If you gentlemen will excuse me a moment... Without waiting for a reply from the men around him, Spence stepped away toward the relative privacy of the window overlooking the busy street outside. With a feeling of dread stirring in his stomach, he opened the telegram. To Dr. Spencer Colton, Grand Hotel. Stop. Urgent. Stop. 
Chi dying. Stop. Get daughter Larissa from Carlisle. Stop. Bring her at once. Stop. Captain Pratt advised. Stop. Matt. Stop.